What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 36 of Preloaded. My name is Josh Finderup, and I am joined, as always, once again by the other half of Preloaded, Jackson Vanover. How are you doing this week, Jackson? I'm doing great, Josh. Lots of exciting games right around the corner, and I'm about to go on vacation. That's why you guys are seeing this a day early. So, yeah, I'm excited. Nice. Vacation is good. I have not gone on one of those in a very long time, so <laughs> that's good to hear. Uh, yeah, we have a lot to talk about this week. It's going to be a fun show. We have some uh, some uh, PlayStation news that everybody is uh, uh, probably well aware of, and then some uh, hardware sales news, which is super interesting. We don't usually go into that, but uh, it's kind of an interesting you know time right now between PlayStation and Xbox, so we'll get into that. And we even got some, wait for it, Last of Us Part 3 news, but don't <laughs> hold your breath uh, for that game or anything like that. But we are going to talk about The Last of Us Part 3. So if any of that sounds interesting, you want to stay tuned for all of that. But first, oh, and we're going to have a deep dive discussion. I always forget this uh, to go over our deep dive topic. We are going to talk about all of the games that have been delayed uh, in the last, I don't know, six months or so. Uh, so hopefully that's not too much of a downer, but it'll definitely be interesting to talk about all the games that have uh, um, gotten pushed. And uh, maybe that'll be uh, more it'll be a, to a topic of games that we can all look forward to uh, in the months and even years to come. So stay tuned for all of that. But first, now I can get into the housekeeping. You can catch Preloaded every Friday. We post the episode over on Jackson's YouTube channel. Of course, this week we're posting early. It's Thursday. So uh, thanks for uh, tuning in early. I hope this uh, doesn't throw your, your schedule off too much. But normally we post on Friday over on Jackson's YouTube channel. If you prefer the audio version, you can catch that on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you are listening on any of those platforms, we'd love for you to leave a review, uh, leave a five-star review or a written review if you're enjoying the show. You can also write into Preloaded at the email address preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, that's if you want to hear your question discussed on the show. We dig into our mailbag at the end of every show. So if there's something you want to hear us talk about, write to preloadedpodcast at gmail.com, and we will uh, answer your questions. And with that, we are going to kick the show off, as we always do, with the segment, What the Hell Have You Been Playing? So this week, Josh, um, I've been kind of all over the place. Uh, I dove back into AC Odyssey, and I know you're a big fan of that game, Josh. Love um, Odyssey. I love it, too. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. I kind of blew my mind, man. I'm going to be honest. I think I bought into a lot of the negative uh, perception around the game. And so I made a little video about my return to it after playing Valhalla. And yeah, man, it, it really scratches that itch where Valhalla didn't for me. Nice. Yeah, for, for me, Odyssey was just, uh, you know, I went into it looking for that big role-playing game experience, not necessarily the old-school Assassin's Creed experience. Right. Um, so for for me, it was... And I loved the ancient Greece setting, man. It just, I'm fascinated by that. It feels almost, like, otherworldly to me, you know, and uh, really fascinated by it. Right, and it's so authentic, and it's gorgeous, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I've been enjoying that game. I dove back into Cyberpunk. That game is blowing me away again. Uh, I wow. feel like I'm in this phase of going back to games and being like, wait a second. This is actually really awesome. Um, so that, that game, from a stability standpoint, is much better than the last time I played it. So 
um, just a heads up for you guys listening, if you're interested in returning to it. Um, Very cool. Is, uh, are you playing it again on your PlayStation 5? No, so I'm actually playing it on PC. PC, okay. Yeah, so maybe that's why my experience is a bit different. Um, in any case, a yeah. um, little more stable there. And then Fallout 76. I'm on a trend here. Um, I, I've <laughs> been enjoying that. They released a new update that allows you to like have more flexibility with your loadout. You can just change your perks and stuff at any moment, um, which I found to be very useful because I haven't played the game in forever, so I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, but... Just having a good time exploring that game with NPCs again, and um, nice. I'm finding it fun. Yeah, well, you've been busy. That's a lot. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, nice. I have not been playing a whole lot this week. Uh, I continued playing Sniper Elite 3. I'm uh, still enjoying that game. Uh, it is a bit repetitive, although, you know, this is, again, it's a it's a sniping stealth game where you go into these levels that are kind of sandboxy. Uh, they are open, um, and you have to basically, you know, pick a bunch of people off. Whether you do that through sniping or through um, sneaking up on them with your knife, or even just you can just go in guns blazing. But um, it's pretty basic. Like I don't know if basic is the right word, but all the levels they don't really introduce new um, gameplay elements as you progress through the game. So all the levels feel very samey, and there are eight of them. So by the time you get to at the end of the game, it, it it is a bit repetitive. But nonetheless, if you like stealth games. And you see this on sale. Like, I picked it up for, like, six bucks. It's definitely worth it if you can find it for that price. Oh, um, yeah. That's yeah. super cheap. Yeah. And um, then, and it's, there's there's a fourth one, too, so, which apparently has, like, much bigger levels. But uh, then the other probably more interesting thing for our listeners that I played this week was the Resident Evil 3 castle demo that they released. Uh, so, or not Resident Evil 3. Uh, I don't know where that came from. Resident Evil Village. So, uh, you know, Capcom had their showcase a week or two ago then they released this really weird schedule where you can play the demo but only at certain times and only once and only for 30 minutes so i did play that and uh, i have to say you know i'm really excited about this uh resident evil 7 i love the series resident evil but it's like hard for me to admit that i just didn't like resident evil 7 as much as i wanted to you know and uh i think resident evil village is potentially going to bring me back into the series i love the castle setting it's just like it feels like that original mansion from the first game, but more ornate and more just like creepy and unusual. So I'm really excited for it. Uh, looks gorgeous, and uh, yeah, yeah, I recommend. I recommend it. I think you can play the demo once again. I'm not sure what the date is, but if you haven't played it, there's one more chance to play it before the game comes out. Yeah, so um, it's great to hear that you're enjoying it, Josh. Um, just for our listeners, I actually um, came across this this morning. They extended the next demo. It's going to be a week long. It's not going to be one of those goofy eight-hour demos. Um, that's awesome. I know. Like that's I, I haven't been able to play either of the last two demos, which just bummed me out. So um, it's great to hear that you're enjoying it. And yeah, I fully anticipate that I'll play the demo um, next week, which is only one week before the game actually comes out. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't I didn't really pick up any like spoiler vibes. I don't think that's there, but if if you want to just get a taste of the game before it comes out, uh, this is a great way to do it and I do think it's only on PlayStation, which is kind of a bummer for, you know, Xbox and PC gamers. But nonetheless, that is what we have been playing. We are now going to move on to the top stories of the week and <clears throat> excuse me. The uh biggest story I think that, you know, kind of just popped out of nowhere was that Sony released a new in uh or rather Insomniac, released a new trailer for Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. And they also announced a state of play. <clears throat> Man, 
Sorry about that. Uh, the state of play is going to be on Thursday. So that's actually, unfortunately, we you know aren't covering that on this show. Uh, we'll probably cover it next week. But if you're watching before 2 p.m. on Thursday, uh, that's when the state of play airs. And it's going to be mostly about uh, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. Yeah, this trailer looked amazing. What what do you think, Jackson? Yeah, it just blew me away. It was really cool to see the amazing um, response. Everyone was like, oh, my God, this looks amazing. Uh, just like you said, Josh. So I love seeing more about Rivet, the female Lombax, who was pretty much mysterious up to this point. Um, but I also dove into the article that Sony put out on their PlayStation um, site talking about very specific things like um, a couple new weapons. I didn't list them here, but a couple new gadgets. Um, and then in the gameplay, we saw like some races, which are like classic Ratchet and Clank little set pieces if you've played the older games. Um, but I was also really happy to read that we're going to visit old planets, like alternate reality versions, which, you know, I have mixed opinions, right, about about rehashing content. But at the same time, these older games, it's been forever since we've seen them. So I think it's going to be nice, obviously, for people playing it for the first time, but for people like me who are going to be like, oh my gosh, I remember this place. Yeah. No, I think that's, uh, it's been long enough, I think, that yeah. unless, if they were rehashing things from maybe the 2016 remake, that, and who knows, maybe they are, I didn't read the article, but if it's stuff from like the PlayStation 3 days, I, it's been a while. So uh, I think that's that's cool. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this game. It looks beautiful. Uh, we will learn more. I think they said there's going to be 15 minutes of gameplay shown at the state of play on Thursday. Don't quote <laughs> me on that, but I think that's what I heard. Yeah, that's a lot of gameplay. And you know what? PlayStation fans love it. And I think a lot of other people love it too. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so very, very cool. Um, look forward to that. I know I definitely am. And it sounds like you are too. And uh, moving on from that, uh, last week we got a little tidbit of news that Respawn um, who, by the way, like out of nowhere, won an Academy Award. I don't know if you <laughs> I saw that. that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, they are working apparently on a new IP. So they, uh, their studio head, Vince Sampella, retweeted a job posting that confirms that, I mean, it verbatim says a new IP is what they're hiring for. So uh, this is not like a rumor. This is a fact. And um, the job posting said that they are, quote, looking for a software engineer to join a compact incubation team currently developing a brand new IP. And then another developer there, Stephen Kahen Wong, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, uh, also retweeted another um, little blurb that says, uh, want to get in early and help build a new IP from scratch? We're a team of five right now looking for our sixth, a coder. So very early days for this project. But, you know, in addition to Jedi Fallen Order, Apex Legends, whatever they got going for Titanfall, if anything, uh, there's a lot going on over at Respawn. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, I think Respawn is proving they are a very, very quality studio. Um, I, I think anybody with eyeballs and not a negative sentiment towards them will admit that. Um, yep. So I'm excited. Again, like Josh said, so, so early. I, I doubt we see anything about this for a long time. Yeah, and just a little to tack something else onto this. Over the weekend, I think it was the weekend, I saw a tweet from uh, Jason DeHaras, who's uh, the director on Jedi Fallen Order, he retweeted this tweet that people were tweeting out, like, what are your four most anticipated games? And the four that he tweeted out was, uh, uh, I can't remember what the one that he showed, but three of them were just black squares. And they said, game, and on the square, it said, game that I cannot talk about yet. For three of them. And <laughs> that tweet was deleted, like, 
a couple hours later. So just something interesting uh, to throw into the rumor mill there. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Anyone who worked on Jedi Fallen Order, I'm very interested to see what they're working on next. Yep. Yeah. Same here. So moving on from that, uh, now we normally talk on this show about games coming out, and that's kind of our focus, but uh, Xbox and PlayStation did release their sales figures for the quarter. I think, I think this is for the first quarter of the year. And uh, it's just kind of interesting to look at with the new launch of consoles uh, or the launch of new consoles, rather. We thought this would be fun to go over. So Microsoft is killing it. Um, they reported that their gaming revenue was $3.53 billion, with a B, for the first quarter of 2021, which is up 50% year over year, um, which I believe means, you know, if you go back for the quarter of 2020, that's 50% more than they made last year. Content and services revenue for Xbox is up 34%, and game sales and, um, or rather hardware revenue is up 232%, so just huge numbers for Xbox. Um, and according to analyst Daniel Ahmad, Microsoft's gaming revenue for the past 12 months reached about $15 billion, which is up 10, uh, from $10.3 billion for the 12 months prior to that. Uh, however, Microsoft did not reveal any specific console sale numbers. So we don't know how many Xboxes they sold or how many Game Pass subscriptions they sold, even though it did come out recently uh, that their Game Pass subscriptions had surpassed $23 million. So uh, lots of numbers in there. Hopefully that wasn't too much uh, uh to, to take in. But Jackson, what are your thoughts on that for Microsoft? Um, it's great. We talk a lot about, you know, Microsoft and, and Sony and what they're doing against each other and the competition and all that. But I think uh, it's better for gaming in general to see these companies succeed. And that's what Microsoft is doing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, moving on from that, uh, but in the kind of the same realm, PlayStation had its quote, best year ever selling 7.8 million units sold uh, or units of the PS5. And I believe that's that's not just for the quarter. That's since the console launched. And that uh, surpasses PS4's sales in that time frame. And I think it is, you know, their fastest selling console. I think that it's not in this document here, but I think that was something that they said. Anyway, um, in Q4 of 2020, they reported 6.24 billion in revenue, which is up 32.6% from last year. Um, and actually, if I compare that to Microsoft's numbers, I don't know if there's a direct comparison. Uh, six point. Well, I think it's double if yeah. I'm looking at it right. Almost double. Yeah. But anyways, both PlayStation and Microsoft are are crushing it right now. And PlayStation, that you know, they're they're happy to release their actual unit sale uh, sold number, which is again seven point eight million million units sold. Uh, where Microsoft uh, keeps that number close to the chest. Uh, but I think with Game Pass, it's a totally different game for Microsoft. That's a great point. Yeah, that, that's probably one reason. I think they probably knew. So Microsoft released their numbers before PlayStation. So I think Microsoft knew that they didn't want to go ahead and put out their their numbers because PlayStation would. Um, yeah. So that that's one thing. But also, I didn't put it in the doc. Um the Daniel Ahmad number there, the 15 billion, I believe I read in the same article I linked for the PlayStation information that their revenue reached 25 billion. So just to get an idea of just how big the, I mean, 15 and 25 seem far apart, but those are just massive numbers. I mean, gaming is growing at such an amazing pace. Yeah, it is. And I remember when I, this was way back in the day, like, like we're talking 
years and years ago, I remember looking at, uh, there was a, an article comparing like how much the film industry made versus how much the gaming industry made. And the gaming industry was kind of overtaking the film industry. Uh, and I, I, I bet if you look at how much, especially in 2020, I mean, what a terrible year for the movie industry, but right. Like just as a, to draw a comparison, if you look at, I bet, I don't know if off the top of my head, but I, I would hazard a guess that if you look at how much the you know film industry makes typically on a year, it might not even be the $25 billion that Sony made alone. I mean, it's crazy how much money games make these days. Really? Yeah. It's the price of entry, you know, 60 yeah. bucks, man. It's, pre- it's pretty expensive to spend on one product, but, you know, you get your money's worth in a lot of cases. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think so, too. So anyways, uh, congrats to both PlayStation and Xbox. Hopefully they both continue to just do very well and we'll uh, uh, follow this as uh, uh, maybe as the quarters move on. So from that, we got some Last night, out of nowhere, I like opened my Twitter feed right before I went to bed, and I saw a headline that had The Last of Us Part 3 in it. So I had to click that, and apparently there's a uh, story about um, Neil Druckmann, who, uh, uh, you know, he's the director of The Last of Us, and he's the pretty much the guy calling the shots over at Naughty Dog these days. And he was on a podcast called Script Apart, and he said that, quote, I don't know how... Um, well, let me make sure. Well, basically, he said that The Last of Us Part 3 is written, or at least there's a story outline written. I don't know, probably not a script, uh, and that they don't know if they're going to produce it or not. They're not producing it yet, but his direct quote that I found interesting was, quote, I don't know how much I want to reveal. Co-writer Haley Gross and I did write an outline for a story that we're not making, but I hope one day can see the light of day that explores a little bit what happens after this game? We'll see. He said, referring to The Last of Us Part Two. So, uh, <laughs> do you want Last of Us Part Three, Jackson? You know, Part Two worked for me, so that kind of makes me think that Part Three would be fine. Um, I, I, I would like to see more of those characters in that story. Um, I know a very pol- polarizing game. A lot of people don't want this, but I'd play it honestly if it's at the quality that one and two were yeah oh yeah i mean i would play it i I, it would sell like crazy um i do think anything naughty dog puts their stamp on will sell very well but the last of us probably tops that list um but yeah the story for me you know it wasn't the story i wanted so i would love to see um kind of a redemption arc for ellie if there is a last of us part three i would also love to see more of dina i fell in love with her as a character i thought she was just great yeah me too Um, so, you know, whatever they do, I, I just, I would hope that it, yeah, features Ellie and uh, and Dina. But as they showed us with Last of Us Part Two, whatever they're thinking, it's probably not what any of us are thinking. <laughs> not to not to spoil anything, not like this is going to spoil anyone, but um, would they kill Ellie? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's all, all bets are off when it comes to uh, um, Neil Druckmann and and what he wants to do with uh, his stories. So, but uh, yeah, maybe we'll see The Last of Us Part Three in uh, twenty thirty. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, yeah. And so the last story that we want to talk about is uh, this was I don't think this has been officially confirmed that this or maybe it has. I did. Uh, it seems like maybe you added something yes, into this. Uh, I did. Doc. Sorry, that was a bit of a shock. Yeah, it was confirmed. No problem. So anyways, Resident Evil Village's PvP mode, which is called Reverse, has been delayed. So this is not the Mercenaries mode that is in the game. This is totally separate. 
um, where this is the multiplayer mode that they were talking about a, a while back. Anyways, according to uh, uh, GameSpot, uh, an email to Resident Evil ambassadors stated that Reverse is no longer slated for a May 7th release, and apparently uh, this was confirmed by Eurogamer. It's now slated for a summer 2021 release. So if you're getting Resident Evil Village and you were looking forward to playing with friends, unfortunately you have to wait a bit longer. Yeah, this, uh, not to like, this probably doesn't add a ton of the conversation, to be honest, but it doesn't, it looks a little rough to me. I don't know if you thought that, Josh. Um, I don't really know who this is for, except for those big fans. So I just hope it's good when it comes out. Yeah, it just seemed like, it. I don't, it seemed rushed, I guess, to me, um, mm-hmm. you know, that they were just kind of putting all these different elements from all these past Resident Evils and throwing them into this uh, mode that would get people excited because it had all these old things from old games that's what it kind of looked like to me but this was i was not the target audience for this yeah exactly me neither so anyways that is all the news of the week uh that was a lot actually i thought it was going to be a slow week but we actually got a lot of news Uh, we are now going to take our first break and when we get back we're going to get into our deep dive discussion listing out all the games that have been unfortunately delayed but that we still have to look forward to uh in 2021 and beyond we'll be right back Do you follow automotive news or do you just like cars and want to see what the heck's going on? Well, then you might like Donut Media's new podcast, The Big Three. Hi, I'm James Pumphrey. And every week, me and my co-host slash two of my top five friends, Nolan Sykes and Joe Weber, unpack the latest and greatest in automotive news and trends on The Big Three. You'll also get a lot of laughs, hot takes and personal insight on cars from the biggest car guys in automotive media. So, whether you're a hardcore enthusiast or just a person who goes, up, that's a good-looking car, <laughs> check out The Big Three, available wherever you get your podcasts, or you can watch the full videos at Donut Podcasts on YouTube. Welcome back. We are now going to get into our deep dive discussion. This week, we want to... Just go through all of the games that have been delayed. There's been a lot of them with, uh, obviously, COVID has been a big factor here. And it's kind of hard to keep track of uh, what's coming out this year, what's coming out next year, uh, what has gotten delayed, what hasn't. So um, we'll start with the games that have been delayed but have already been released or, in one case, is about to get released. Uh, So Outriders got delayed. That uh, came out in April. And then Returnal. Uh, was initially scheduled, I think, for either February or March, but now that comes out April 30th, which should literally be the day after we post this podcast. Uh, can't wait for Returnal. Are you going to pick up Returnal, Jackson? Absolutely, especially after the reception. Yeah, yeah. The reviews, I think reviews post tonight. I thought. I think I read the, re- the embargo is uh, early Thursday morning, so uh, we should know exactly how good this game is, uh, at least according to reviews, very soon. Anyways, uh now we're going to get into the games that were delayed out of 2021. So games that were scheduled to come out this year, but unfortunately, now we have to wait quite a bit longer. So the, the first one is uh, Hogwarts Legacy. This I, I don't think any of these games ever had specific release dates, but they're now definitely slated for 2022. Hogwarts Legacy, Gran Turismo 7, Lord of the Rings Gollum, and Gotham Knights. Which of these games were you most excited for, Jackson? I think it has to be Hogwarts Legacy um, for me. Uh, Gotham Knights is interesting. I'm a little skeptical. Um, I still see it as a Marvel 
it could be a potential Marvel's Avengers situation. I certainly hope it's not. But um, yeah, that's those are my two. Yeah, I have to say I'm really hyped about Gollum because that is kind of it seems to me being pitched as a uh, stealth game, which is as anybody who listens to this podcast knows, that's right up my alley. I'm not a big Lord of the Rings fan. Uh, in fact, I'm not a fan of that series at all. But uh, if that is a, if you get to sneak around as Gollum, uh, that could be cool. And and yeah, Hogwarts Legacy looks great. Gotham Knights, I'm with you. That could be, you know, there's a lot of questions around that. But anyways, all of those games are delayed until 2022. Um, I don't think there's anything in here that I would say could get delayed further. I mean, you never know, but um, I, I'm I, I'm confident that these will release at some point in the next 18 months. I think so too. Um there's always the possibility, but I'm pretty confident. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and again, th- this is uh, kind of our list that we threw together um, um, not too quickly, but uh, if there's anything we missed in terms of games that have been delayed that you're looking forward to, uh, definitely drop it in the comments. Let us know. Uh, we may have missed one or two, but um, um, hopefully we got all all the big ones. So from here, uh, there are a lot of games that have been delayed from 2021 to 2021, uh, so just sometime later in the year. And a lot of these actually have dates. Uh, the first one is the AC Valhalla, the Assassin's Creed Valhalla DLC, which you're uh, going to be getting into. Am I right, Jackson? Yes. Wrath of the Druids uh, was supposed to come out, I think, yesterday from the time we're recording, but it got delayed to the 13th of May. I will be checking it out. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, but as you mentioned last week, it comes out about the, almost one day before... Uh, uh, Mass Effect. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be rough picking between those two. Yeah, and so kind of staying on that DLC uh, theme. I, I w- don't know if I would call this DLC, but it is kind of like an add-on. What we mentioned earlier, Resident Evil Reverse. Again, this is the. I don't really know. You know, we didn't explain in the previous segment exactly what this is, and to be honest, I'm not entirely sure. But it looks like some sort of arena style multiplayer competitive experience but you apparently there's tons of different characters from different resident evil games tons of different enemies from different resident evil games and tons of different settings from different resident evil games all mashed up into this multiplayer competitive pvp experience this comes out now summer 2021 and next is a game that i think we're probably both looking forward to a bit more kana bridge of spirits this now comes out august 24th and Initially, I think this was pitched as like a February release. Right. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, it was supposed to come out pretty close after the the launch of the PS5. So it was a bit surprising. This is a pretty deep delay, all things considered. It's six months. Yeah, yeah. But this game looks amazing. If you want to check it out, I have a video on my channel where I go into some of the more interesting aspects of uh, Cana Bridge of Spirits. Uh, So definitely check that out if this game is something you're looking forward to. Again, August 24th. This is kind of feeling that like action adventure, um, maybe even Zelda-esque kind of itch. It's scratching that itch, uh, I think, for a lot of people on PlayStation 5. Yeah, and it's going to be one of those landmark sort of like Ratchet & Clank, Spider-Man, Miles Morales sort of titles for the system, I think. Yeah, yeah. One thing a lot of people may not know is this is actually the studio's very first game they've ever created. They're initially an animation studio, and they've never <laughs> made a video game. Uh, so really impressive stuff. That makes sense by looking at it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And speaking of Zelda, not to harp too long on this game, but they also made a fan film called Majora's Mask: Terrible Fate. I think it's called, and it's beautiful. And it's all about like it. It kind of re. Uh, 
imagines the intro section of Majora's Mask, if any, if you remember what that was like. Um, so they're clearly Zelda fans, and I think it's fair to expect some Zelda influences in this game. That's awesome. That can only be a good thing, really. Yeah, yeah, very cool. So moving on from that, uh, Deathloop is coming out on September 14th now. This was supposed to, What I think the initial date was May, so... Um, I'm, I'm bummed that we won't get to play this in May, but uh, I hope that it is a great game. I, I also posted a preview to my channel with tons of information about Deathloop. I think that Arcane, uh, as you've mentioned num- a number of times on the channel, Jackson, Arcane is a studio that is, uh, has earned the trust of, uh, the gamers who love their games. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that, that's without question. They, they have a very strong little fan base. It's just a matter of whether they can expand it. Um, so the, this game, actually, I think technically you could say it's been delayed twice. Um, yep. it, it was supposed to come out um, Q2, or no, I'm actually trying to read back here. It's supposed to I be think a, it might have initially been a Q4 last year. I think they might have even said holiday 2020 when they first announced it yeah. for PlayStation 5. You're right. You're right. So this has really uh, seen some some big delays, but it makes sense given everything that happened last year. Yeah. One question I have for you on Deathloop, does it turn you off that it is a roguelite-ish type game? Um, I'm actually more interested in it because of that. Um, I think it's more unique um, to, to mash together immersive sim with that format. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I've played enough immersive sims to want something slightly different personally. Yeah. So look forward to Deathloop on September 14th, uh, moving into October. October 12th, we get Back for Blood. So if you're looking for, uh, um, you know, this is probably one of the bigger or biggest maybe multiplayer PvP games coming out this year. This is the spiritual sequel to uh, um, Left 4 Dead. So if that's something you're into and you like zombies, uh, are you going to be playing this, Jackson? Yes, definitely. I will be checking this out. Yeah, this is one I might dip my toes into the multiplayer uh, PvP uh, realm just to see i'm very curious about this game i thought the gameplay looked fantastic yeah it looks great yeah so that's october 12th then we get to what you could argue is the biggest game of the year i think um halo infinite now this i think ha- they have said is a november release which makes sense because i th- i'm not sure if it's the 20th or 25th anniversary of halo probably 20th um anyways it's a big anniversary for halo and it's in november so um look forward to that um I just hope this game is good. <laughs> Me like too. Just blanket statement. Just, I hope it's good. I hope it. Uh, I don't think that Xbox's success hinges as much as we thought on Halo now, but um, I do think that it's going to make a huge difference for them and Game Pass if this game can make fans happy. Totally, and we have to expect it's going to be a Game Pass Day One game because uh, it would be dumb if they didn't do that. And at the same time. Um, I hope they show it at E3. I have very big doubts, but I hope. Man, I hadn't even thought about that, but I, you know, I'd be surprised if they didn't show it at E3. I think people would be uh, very worried, but you know, we'll see. That's a good that's a good point. Yeah, you're right. We'll see. Yeah. So, moving on from that, the the last two games on this list are two Ubisoft games. The first one you might have even forgotten about, Riders Republic. This is that kind of extreme sports uh multiplayer uh it seemed like a like a had this downhill theme, but I don't think it did. It's just like, it's like if Tony Hawk was multiplayer and had multiple sports, it actually looks pretty awesome. 
yeah, I think it's it looks awesome for people that are uh, into that, and it has this almost MMO type atmosphere. Unless I was yes. misreading that, it does feel like just an open kind of crew like atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, and this one we don't have a date for. This was initially, I think, scheduled for like February, but they just said it's now delayed. I get the impression that Ubisoft has all they have the pressure of their shareholders. And so they're like, yeah, we're bringing this game out in this year. So don't worry, we're going to be making money during this period of time. But internally, they're like, yeah, there's no way in hell we're bringing this game out right. in that time frame. Yeah. I feel like that's what happened with Riders Republic because now it's just like, who knows when this game's coming out. I, and that's what happened with Skull and Bones, another game. We're just, I mean, we haven't heard anything about that game in a couple of years. Yeah. That one, I think I wouldn't be surprised if we see it at E3. It is it's still in development. So uh, not that it's not one that I'm particularly looking forward to, but. Um, that we didn't have it on this list because that the last time that got delayed, I think that was last year or maybe even the year before. It's been a long road for that game. But the last game on this list is a huge one, Far Cry 6. And this is a game I would absolutely expect to see at E3. Yeah, it, it, we're going to see this at E3 um, without a doubt. And uh, <laughs> this is a huge game, um, I think. I think this is a really big opportunity for Ubisoft to... Not that four and five weren't worthy, but sales-wise, they they just weren't, and they didn't capture yeah. kind of the audience that three did. So, returning to a tropical setting, getting um, you know, Gus Fring as your <laughs> villain, it's 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 a great uh, great prospect. Yeah, and for the first time, it's going to have like a major city. Like that's one yeah. of the things that is going to mix things up. I hope that they mix it up gameplay-wise, not just setting-wise. But it is going to be cool to see you know how how the urban setting changes things for Far Cry. I know. I'm trying to think of like a fusion. Maybe it's going to feel like dying light, but obviously not zombies. You know, who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. So that, again, we have no release date for that. I'm expecting that's going to be maybe Ubisoft's big holiday release. So uh, maybe sometime in Q4. We'll see. Anyways, those are the games that we found that we thought we'd uh, bring to your attention. Once again, uh, the games that have been delayed. If there, Again, if there's anything that's been delayed that we missed that you're looking forward to, let us know in the comments. And with that... We are going to take our second break. When we get back, we're going to dig into our mailbag. We'll be right back. And we're back. We are now going to dig into our mailbag and read one of our reader questions. If you want to have your question read on the show, you can write into preloadedpodcast at gmail.com or you can hit either of us up on Twitter. I am at Games. Jackson, where are you? I am at JV on YT. So at either one of us with a question for the show or uh, hit us up at the email address this week. Dustin, uh, you hit me up on Twitter. So thanks for the question. And you asked a question about Returnal. Uh, With the sudden critical success of Returnal, do you think future new IPs are going to be accepted faster than Returnal originally was? Most people were on the fence, me included, and the first look previews came out and blew minds. You can pre-order Returnal on Amazon. You can't pre-order Returnal on Amazon without it being pushed back until July. So what uh, you're meaning there is if you purchase the physical copy, you have to wait. It's basically sold out, which is crazy. Anyways, uh, thanks. You guys are excellent. As always, cheers, Dustin. So uh, this is an interesting question because, yeah, Returnal did not really light a lot of people's fire initially. Uh, I'm, I have always been hyped about it, but uh, for whatever reason... Some people may not have been as hyped. What do you think, Jackson? Do you think that this changes things for games like this? You know, I think it really depends, um, which is an annoying answer, um, unfortunately. And thank you, Dustin, for the question here. Um, I think it depends. I, I think it depends on how much 
Sony or Xbox or, or, or whoever's putting the games out uh, or publishing them is willing to support them with marketing dollars and time and focus. Um, they are really pushing Returnal, which I think is, is exactly what a smaller kind of game like this needs. Um, and I do recognize this is a fully priced game, so it's not technically smaller. And in terms of length, it's probably not technically smaller either, but it's a little more niche. So I think when you're trying to sell something on that's a little more high concept, that's not for a casual audience, you need to back it big time. Um, yeah. So I, I think it depends because like you look at Days Gone, right? Days Gone didn't sell very well. We've been talking about that game, and that's a new IP, and that's a little more low concept. That's a little more easy to grasp what was going on there. So something about this, I think, is just interesting for people. Yeah, I mean, we're coming off of a drought, for one. Uh, there just hasn't been a lot of new stuff to play other than maybe Outriders. Uh, this is a next-gen exclusive, so I think that's captured a lot of people's interest. But then, yeah, when the previews came out, and they were... They, they almost read like reviews. People were so, um, I don't know what the embargo was for Returnal, but apparently they didn't prevent people from saying this game is awesome because that's basically what people were saying. And I think that makes a big difference. However, to answer your question, Dustin, will this change things for games like this moving forward? I think it's all going to depend on sales. It does appear that this game is going to sell well, um, but uh, it's, and it's kind of in a unique position because it's, selling for a console that they're only we just saw about 8 million PlayStation 5s out in the wild. So this game's probably not going to sell. I mean heck, if it sells a million copies, that's like a runaway hit and then yeah, maybe this will change things for games like this moving forward, but on the heels of all the news that came out a couple weeks ago about Sony potentially not supporting more niche titles like you put it Jackson, uh, I sure hope that they look at Returnal and say, "You know what? Um these "Quote unquote smaller games from smaller developers can really make a big difference and pull in some uh, some new eyeballs for PlayStation." Absolutely, and like you said, if this game sells a million copies and there's only eight million out there, I mean that is that has to be seen as a smash hit for a new IP from quote a smaller studio. So you know, it's yeah, it depends all on sales. Yeah, and the last thing before moving on, I just think that a game like Returnal has potential to uh, have a really long tail. Like anybody who buys, if the game is really that good, anybody who buys a PlayStation 5 in the next year or 18 months will probably get recommended like, oh, if you like this type of game, Returnal's an amazing exclusive for the system. So, you know, hopefully it'll sell well long into the future. Yeah, that's a great point. All right, so... Thanks again, Dustin, for the question. That is going to do it for this week. Uh, before we sign off, Jackson, did you have anything you want to talk about that's going to be on your channel? Um, so since I'm going to be out of town, not a ton of content um, for me. Uh, but I, again, I do have that AC Odyssey in 2021, like, you know, epiphany sort of video you guys should totally check out. Nice. And I am going to be posting, I'm aiming for this Saturday. Saturday morning is when I'm hoping to post a preview for Resident Evil Village. It's not going to be my typical, uh, or it's not going to be one of my ultimate previews. I just didn't have enough time to put one of those together. But I did find some interesting uh, stuff out there, some interesting tidbits about Resident Evil Village. So if you want to maybe learn a thing or two that you may not know yet about that game, uh, tune into Quest Mode uh, on YouTube this Saturday uh, and check that out. So with that, we are all set for the week. Thanks again for uh, listening through the end of the show. We will see you next week. Bye, guys.